0: everybody and welcome to this episode of speak plainly with me your host owl medicine today we are going to be talking about the neurobiology of giving up what exactly is it that's happening inside of us from a neurochemical biochemical perspective when we throw in the proverbial towel That's what we're going to be talking about today. I feel like this is fitting because it's January. We've all got our New Year's resolutions. And we just finished looking back at 2021. And I guarantee every single one of us started something that we wish we had finished that we gave up on. And today, I'm going to try my best to share with you what I know about what's happening biochemically in those moments. All right, so in order to understand what's happening in these moments, we have to understand at least a little bit about what neuropeptides and um, neurotransmitters are involved and what they do. So the first one we'll talk about is dopamine because everybody knows about dopamine it's all over everywhere now and we're all hearing about dopamine and dopamine hits and there's a lot of information out there but it's very generalized and the generalized information can be useful but for this we're going to need to get a little bit deeper so i'm going to explain a few things about dopamine that you may or may not probably may not know so one of the first things that we got to talk about with dopamine is we talk about dopamine hits, but we don't talk about the ratios of baseline dopamines to the peak of that dopamine hit and how that affects us. So the ratio is extremely important. The ratio is how we experience dopamine. So if our, if our baseline is at a good healthy relative baseline and we ingest certain substances or do certain activities that boost dopamine then we get a peak with chocolate for example when you ingest chocolate whatever your baseline level of dopamine is it increases that about 1.5 times when you smoke nicotine it actually increases it two and a half times but it's very 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 short lived and any chain smoker will tell you that (laughs) it's very short lived Um, I find it really interesting that smoking nicotine and cocaine both have the same amount of dopamine triggering response they both move from your baseline to two and a half times what your baseline is. That's how much dopamine you experience when you ingest cocaine or you smoke nicotine. That's a lot because sex, which is like kind of the whole deal for any living organism. The goal of any living organism is to make more of itself, both in food, like finding food and ensuring its longevity and in creating the next generation and sex is increases dopamine two times meth however increases dopamine 10 times from your baseline now why is this important why is wh- why is how much they move the and, and change your experience why is that so important well it's important because every instance that you have where you're experiencing dopamine and you're having a dopamine response it is is directly correlated to the last dopamine hit that you had and the ones all previous to that. Because as we get these dopamine hits, it changes our baseline a little bit and it's the ratio of what your baseline is to that peak of when you ingest dopamine or it gets, it gets released in your body. What you're experiencing is the ratio and things like cocaine or meth which is 10 times the amount of uh, the amount of dopamine that you normally release 10 times that amount gets released in your body well no wonder meth is one hell of a drug because it releases 10 times the amount of dopamine whereas sex releases two times the amount of dopamine and that means it was so incredibly exciting and fun and dopaminergic that you have to that has to balance out which means you go from this 10 times peak to then you have to experience a 10 time low otherwise if you don't allow that 10 times low to come in your baseline is now shifted and it's shifted up which means all those things that that increase your dopamine If you haven't allowed for that lull, for that that counterbalance of the peak of the dopamine, then your baseline has been raised and whatever you do next isn't going to be satisfying. It definitely isn't going to be as satisfying as meth is because that was 10 times the amount of dopamine. You could go eat uh, 10 bars of chocolate and it's still barely going to do anything. And compared to the ratio from your baseline to the peak experience of that last dopamine hit, if that was meth, nothing else comes close. That's why addicts quit everything, especially meth addicts. Just quit it all. Quit it all because it's not worth it. The experience that meth addicts have that people who use meth that high is incredible and if you continue to chase that high you're in for a really 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 bad run because you're changing your baseline over and over and over again until your baseline is so high that nothing nothing helps and you everything that you everything you do your entire existence unless you're high is miserable So when it comes to quitting, though, I've now explained how much certain behaviors and foods and drugs and things can affect your dopamine levels and that it's your the distance basically from your baseline to the peak of your last dopamine hit. Um, That's what we experience as the pleasure of it. Now, when we're quitting, why do you quit? We quit something, not because it's fun, but we quit things because it's hard. We quit things because they're not fun to do um, and they're difficult. And that is a bit more complicated than in the biology. We have to talk about a few more. We have to talk about a few more neurotransmitters in order to have this conversation. So we can talk about cortisol because we need to talk about stress levels, we need to talk about mostly epinephrine and norepinephrine and nociceptin. So epinephrine is adrenaline, norepinephrine is noradrenaline, and it's just a different name when it's in your brain versus in your body. And... Another really interesting piece about dopamine that you may not know that is extremely important if you're going to try to do anything with any of this information is that dopamine is just one part of a chain. When you ingest dopamine, dopamine gets transferred into norepinephrine and then eventually into epinephrine, which is adrenaline, which is why dopamine is this craving thing and it's also very exciting. It's extremely exciting because dopamine is always, 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 always released with glutamate. Glutamate is excitatory. That's its whole deal. The whole MSG thing, the monosodium glutamate thing, the, the like, well, it's, it's natural. It is. We, it gets released constantly in our bodies, and it's the most excitatory neurochemical And it gets released simultaneously with dopamine every time dopamine gets released. And therefore, dopamine itself is experienced as excitatory. Epinephrine is adrenaline and norepinephrine, noradrenaline. Epinephrine is associated with adrenaline things, right? We're running, we're going, we're doing stuff. It's very energizing. And we want to get things done. Um, And norepinephrine is associated with pain. And the nociceptors, the and nociceptin, which we're going to talk about, is pain receptors. Nociceptors are receptors for pain. And that's really important because doing things that are hard, things that are difficult, there is pain associated with it. Um the I mean we all know how painful it can be to sit down and do something that you really don't want to do, whether like just because you need to do it. So the dopamine is floating around in our bodies and we do, we, we get the dopamine from where we want to do this. We're like, I want to do this thing. This is really exciting for me. I'm writing a book. So for me, that's my, that's my long-term goal. That's my long-term dopamine goal, but sitting down every day and writing, every day, is not exactly fun and is stressful and is difficult, very difficult for me in moments and um, on certain topics because the book I'm writing is on trauma. So it can be very dysregulating and it can be not very fun and it can be quite painful, emotionally at least. So what's happening is when we get to this place of I want to quit, the stress builds up we, it builds up, we build up and we're like no I got this, this is fine and you keep working on it and the stress builds and the stress builds and the stress builds and eventually this, there's, there's so much stress that your desire to do the work is completely overrun the desire that you're experiencing is that dopamine and that's, that's the piece that everybody knows, dopamine is all about desire um and since we don't have enough desire to get the thing done and there's all of this stress in us, the body releases this, no, this nociceptin. And nociceptin is a large neuropeptide that is pretty moppy. It's got these long tendrils just like a, just like a mop before Swiffer's. And its job is to go around and sweep up All the little dopamine, all the little dopamine molecules, sweep them all up and make it colics quits. We're like, I'm done throwing in the towel, send out the nociceptin, it snags up all the dopamine that's left in the system and goes, nope, you're done. This seems weird because it's like we need to do things that are hard, Right. Yes, we do. But evolutionarily, this makes sense. And this is an evolutionarily preserved pathway. It's, it, exists in all, it exists in all mammals and most animals, period. These dopamine pathways do. So now you're all stressed out. You're wanting to keep working. But your central nervous system says, screw it, I'm done. It sends out the nociceptin and that nociceptin cleans up all the dopamine that's floating around in your system. And your dopamine is is your sense of desire and uh, your anticipation for reward and all of that stuff. So what's happening is that your body is literally in enough pain, in enough stress, that your central nervous system goes, that's enough – wipe it clean, clears the dopamine out and says, dude, you've done enough. You're going to hurt yourself. And that's the job of the noceptin, because there is absolutely an evolutionarily an evolutionary advantage to trying something, trying really hard, working hard at it and it not working out. Eventually, you have to just cut your losses and move on and try a new tack. And that's the purpose of this nociceptin in the body, in the brain, rather. Um, so that's what's happening when we quit, is these nociceptin neurons are going around and sweeping it up. Okay, well, that's cool. So how do we stop that? How do we, how do we not get those nociceptin um, pe- neuropeptides to float around and sweep up all the dopamine? Well, it actually turns out that having more dopamine in your system Um, And associated with whatever you're doing is the key because you're the desire that dopamine, as I mentioned before, goes from dopamine to norepinephrine, which helps to counter the epinephrine, right? So the dopamine, goes from dopamine to norepinephrine, which is a soothing chemical, and then the epinephrine is another upregulating chemical chemical. So it goes from dopamine to norepinephrine back to epinephrine, which means if we have that dopamine in us, it becomes norepinephrine. It's this ratio of norepinephrine to epinephrine in our in our central nervous system that determines whether or not the the neuropeptides are going to get released to go sweep all the dopamine up. If you have enough norepinephrine and enough dopamine, then the, you will just get more excited and more excited and more excited and you'll still want to do it. But if you get more excited and more excited and there's not enough dopamine or not enough norepinephrine, the adrenaline and the epinephrine wins and it wins out so long that your body goes, this is unsustainable. I'm shutting this down. So that's, that's it. That's the whole deal with with the neurobiology of quitting is it's not you you're not weak, you're not pathetic, you're not a loser. Your central nervous system said, "Nope, i'm not doing this anymore. It is not a failure of yours when you quit something when you're when when, when we're young and like eh, that gets gets buried in our heads and yes we have we have the free will and we can definitely grit our teeth and just stick to the grind and go through it but i think it's really important to understand that For those of us who are having a really hard time, when you're really wanting to do something that's super important to you, especially if you were a person who grew up with a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of chronic stress in your life, the stress response that you have is more dramatic than the stress response of people who had less traumatic childhoods or less chronically stressed childhoods and early lives. So that stress response is going to be bigger, which means your desire— to work through it also has to be bigger. And unfortunately, our modern world with Facebook and Instagram and on TikTok and all the rich sensory experiences that we have and this tiny little magic box that we hold in our hands that we somehow still call a phone. The experience of that passive input of dopamine is really stealing our ability to stick to it because dopamine has a half-life that's not always the same if you smoke a cigarette that dopamine that hits your system hits your system and it's and it's gone in a few seconds to a minute if you do cold therapy however and you're in there was a study done where people did 15 degrees celsius water they had elevated dopamine levels Even after they got out of the water, for three hours, they had elevated dopamine levels. The dopamine dumps that we get from social media do not last that long, and they only last a few seconds. And the dopamine that only lasts a few seconds is not going to get you through the hours of work that you need to do to, say, write a book or do whatever it is that you do So if being a modern human engaging in the world in the way that every other modern human engages with the world, which is via our phones, if doing that by the virtue of the way that those systems are built is actively undercutting our ability to do hard work, which that's exactly what I'm saying is the case, if that is the case, and I believe it is, How can we keep ourselves from quitting if it's the if it's the central nervous system that's shutting us down and saying, nope, you're done. Go home. How do we how do we overcome that? How do we how do we tell our central nervous system to like, bro, chill? Well, that's going to go back to what I was talking about earlier in the episode and how we experience dopamine and Our experience of dopamine, I guess I should say, is directly proportional to our most recent experience with dopamine. So if you start your day by scrolling through your phone, that is a rich sensory experience that will spike your dopamine because you're seeing beautiful people, beautiful places, inspirational quotes, memes that make you laugh or cry or think or whatever If you start your day with passive dopamine hits, you will spend your entire day getting passive dopamine hits. Because that's what dopamine does. Dopamine makes you want more dopamine. And however you got your dopamine last is how you want to get it again. Because that's the way our body is built. That's the way the system is built in all of us from our hunter-gatherer um, ancestors. This is evolutionarily conserved is the scientific term. So if you want to do anything... Throughout that day and you have work that you need to get done throughout the day. You cannot start your day with passive dopamine hits. You need to start your day with an active dopamine hit doing something where your effort is what provided the sense of reward at the end which is why the suggestion for a lot of like dopamine people air quotes is to make your bed in the morning that's a really really simple way for you to wake up start your day off right do some action do some physical action that provides you with a sense of reward directly from your effort that's the key we have to tie reward back to effort now, if I reward myself during that effort, that's awesome because that ties a reward while I'm working. So, when I have my little second cup of coffee, that's really rewarding for me. And I only do it sometimes. I only do it when I really kind of feel like I need to. And because of that, that makes me more excited to do the effort because it happened during the effort. So giving yourself little intermittent rewards during your effort is a great way to tie effort and reward together. But essentially that's what has to happen because the effort is tied to the stress, the epinephrine um, and the desire to do the thing is tied to the dopamine. And if it's, it's this dance between dopamine nor epinephrine epinephrine um, that all determines whether or not the neuropeptide nociceptin is going to be released to go around and sweep up all the dopamine and be like, dude, you're doing enough and it's not helpful anymore. So those are a few ways that you can start to hack into your own central nervous system and control a little bit about dopamine. This episode is tying together a bunch of things that I have covered in different other arenas and it's really exciting for me because the like learning the processes biochemically have allowed me to create a framework that i can understand that these things are biological processes there's a ramp up and there's a ramp down there are rules that are followed um that have to do with the ratio of baseline to peak experience of the dopamine saturation. There's a lot more to this, um, but I wanted to cover just the basics of why we quit and how we can help ourselves to not quit in the future. Being a modern person, a modern American, we have so many passive ways to get dopamine. And when we crave dopamine, we crave it in the way that we most recently had it. And so if you start your day with passively scrolling and getting your getting your happies from your scrolling, then all that day you will continue to get your happies from scrolling because biologically that's what you're predispositioned to do. And if you want to do something hard without quitting, you have to learn how to get your dopamine levels up and sustain them in vivo, in the moment, and in the long term in the future. The way that we do that is by rewarding ourselves, but not every time. And best practices are reward yourself in the middle of your effort that's even better or if you're lucky enough to have a to have a wonderful spouse or roommate or friend or whatever that's there around with you in your physical space if they every once in a while bring you a little cup of tea or whatever while you're working that is gonna absolutely skyrocket your desire To do the effort to achieve the goals that you want to achieve, even when your central nervous system is really riding that edge, flirting, going, "Mm, I don't know, girl. So that's what I have to say about the neurobiology of quitting. And hopefully, you got a little bit of information about what you can do to not quit. And you can not beat yourself up for quitting. It doesn't just mean that you're a quitter. There was a whole pile of stuff that happened behind the scenes that you did not know about that made you, quote, a quitter. So try not to judge yourself. And if you like this information, send me a message. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Remember, stay blessed and stay uncomfortable.